Hey everybody, Saul Marquez with the Outcomes Rocket. I want to welcome you to another episode of The Outcomes Rocket. And today I'm introducing a fantastic new podcast on our network. It's going to be aired once a month and it's focused on imaging and radiology. My good friend, Tim Kelly, is going to be taking it on. He's an entrepreneur in healthcare, really focused on this area of, of radiology, technology, and artificial intelligence, and, and really healthcare organizations and private practices, and even the businesses in radiology and imaging need to be creative when solving challenges faced by our industry. The innovation in our industry is, is moving fast now, especially around AI and the different technology and tools that we have to do that, but also the bad actors and things that we need to be doing to stay safe. Tim is going to talk about these things on the Imaging and Teletech Innovations podcast, and you're going to enjoy it. He's a podcaster. He actually uh, has a podcast with uh, Stacey King, former Chicago Bulls. They have a, a really tasty hot sauce too, which is uh, amazing. I'd love to put it on all my food, which I don't know if I've told you guys, but I, I really love spicy food. It's I love to put a kick into into things. And my wife sometimes gives me a hard time because I'll put hot sauce on something even before I taste it. And we kid around because there's this uh, story about Thomas Edison. Thank you. Thomas Edison would have interviews with people and he would sit down to have lunch or, or dinner with them. And if they would put salt on their food before even tasting it, Thomas Edison would not hire them. So my wife always tells me, because I put hot sauce on stuff before even tasting it sometimes, that Thomas Edison would never hire me. So I was like, damn, okay, well, maybe you're right. But I know it's not spicy, so I already know. <laughs> anyway, all of this to say that Tim is a, is a good friend an innovator that you're going to enjoy hearing from in the radiology and the imaging space. So I'm excited to introduce him to you here. Tim, thanks for kicking us off on the Imaging and Teletech Innovations podcast on the Outcomes Rocket Network. Let's take it away. Welcome to Imaging and Teletech Innovations, brought to you by Teleray. I'm your host, Tim Kelly. Join us as we explore the latest trends and developments in teleradiology and imaging solutions. From expert insights to real-world case studies, we cover everything you need to know to stay ahead in the rapidly evolving field of radiology. So sit back, relax, and let's dive in. Welcome, Dr. Mark Greer of Wimber.com and Ortho of Bethesda. Um, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you doing? Great, great. Thanks for joining us. So for our audience out there, Dr. Gruner has been in the medical musculoskeletal business for quite a while and has developed a application called Limber, which we'll talk a little bit more about as you get going here. But I can give us a little bit of background, Mark. Yeah, I'm a sports medicine physician. And one of the items that I saw was I was prescribing physical therapy for patients. And for, you wouldn't believe it, Tim, but they weren't going. And when I looked at the numbers, when a doctor gave a script, 12% of people were going to physical therapy. And then when I looked deeper in the numbers, once they got the therapy, only 30% were actually completing their therapy. So I wanted to create a more holistic app that can connect patients at home to help them be more successful at the, their therapy. So we've designed 
an app and a portal. The app enables patients to get home exercises at home, either prescribed by your physician or your physical therapist. And it covers over 4,000 exercises, 120 surgical or non-surgical progressive rehab protocols, computer vision, and then also we track patient report outcomes. And what's best about this is we created new CPT codes, and those codes are reimbursed by Medicare and commercial insurances today. Now, give us a little bit about your credibility. Why should anyone believe you? So where did you get some training at? Yeah, so I did my medical degree and MBA down at Virginia Tech, residency at Georgetown. Spent a short period of time at CMS working on on some initiatives on value-based healthcare at the Center for Medicare and Medicaid Innovation Center, and then did my sports fellowship at Mayo Clinic in Rochester, Minnesota, really focused on becoming a really good sports medicine physician and being trained in some of the latest technologies. And we did two clinical trials of Limber there too. Or some well-known facilities. (laughs) How do you get your own CPT code? I know a lot of people have tried, but... How do you get something like that done? It's really hard. That's the first thing I'll say. It's extremely difficult. But the first thing is you have to have some clinical studies. We were very thankful that we did some clinical studies at Mayo Clinic. Then we applied for our CPT code several years ago. So it it, it takes years to do this. And then we were very lucky and fortunate that the AMA Digital Health Payment Advisory Committee saw value in these codes and were supportive of us with these codes. And when we went to the CPT panel, which they're the ones who create a new code, we were lucky and we had a lot of the medical associations, including the orthos, PTs, all coming together, seeing that there was a need for these services. And that's how the codes were created. But then the job just doesn't end there. You have to get the codes valued. And the ROC saw value in the codes and assigned a value for these codes. And then the hardest part is you can create codes, but Medicare might not pay for them. If Medicare doesn't pay for them, it's harder for insurances to cover it because insurances usually adopt what Medicare does. And so we went to Medicare, showed how this hybrid approach of home exercises, plus what's happening in the clinic with therapy can be really effective and decrease costs. And those two things have helped Medicare make a decision to cover it. And that's how the codes became live in January. Wow, that's pretty awesome. Like, I think I told you before, you should write a book on how to get that done. <laughs> it's sure. definitely, I think it's definitely a challenge. There's a lot of companies that have, and I understand the challenges of it. You have to get a lot of people on board to create a code. You have to show a lot of research and value that it could bring to the healthcare system. And with those reimbursements now that sites can get, has that percentage that you had mentioned earlier, compliance gone up then with users of Limber? Yeah, that, it's been really helpful. The codes reimbursed by Medicare and some commercial insurers. And it's been really, we've been very fortunate. We've been able to grow our businesses with PT groups and orthos across the United States. And they see the value that this could bring to their patients. And we've had some preliminary data showing very strong patient reported outcomes and also reimbursements for the providers, which I've been excited about because it's a win-win for everyone. That's great. You're CEO of Limber or how does that? No, so I'm chief medical officer, started the company with my brother, who's the CEO, but we co-founded the company together and run it together. But he's the CEO. He's more the business guy. 
Oh, so everyone's problems more his problem, right? He he's the one who deals with everything behind the scenes, who makes the wheels churn. So, what are the new challenges as far as technology and patient satisfaction, and even the data management? All those things that can have hurdles too. So, how are you guys managing that stuff? I'm just looking at you had mentioned you're using some AI stuff, and then you got to keep track of all the data, keeping patients engaged so they're they have a good outcome, feel satisfied with the process, and so it's like a whole bunch of little chunks that need to be taken care of. So many things that are involved. We probably have the hardest business out there. It's a B to B to C situation. The first thing is we have to understand clinical workflows, get providers to sign up onto the app. Then we have to have providers see, identify who are the right patients and be able to prescribe it. So there's a lot of marketing efforts that need to be done from there. And then once they are on the app, we have to get them to download the app and use it. And there's a whole bunch of engagements and efforts. And we really focus on a whole bunch of things from behavioral streaks, gamification, to try to engage patients to do their exercises, which is an important part of how we get compensated for our services. And only if those engagement metrics are met, do we get compensated. So we have to engage patients for a period of time and then we track, we have to track all of these things in our software. And so we have to have a real-time portal that tracks patient report outcomes, which are important for the codes to get reimbursed. And also the last thing is that we have coaches and those coaches are trained in motivational interviewing and they're making sure patients are engaged with their therapy. Employing coaches around the country is a challenge. Yeah, because it can definitely be a doubter when you're going through rehab. It's a tough process. I've been there. It's hard. i I was a college basketball player as a sports doctor. I see how challenging it is. And I think the normal PT script is they tell you to go do physical therapy two times a week for eight weeks, but that we never take into consideration, hey, you got a job. Hey, getting the therapy can be really challenging. Hey, I've got all these copays each time I go to see them. Well, our goal at Limber is to try to make some of these things easier, more accessible, more equitable, and to try to help patients be, have a better chance of being more successful in their therapy episode. Yeah. So with all that, all that data, how do you think sites are, do you think they're doing a good job with HIPAA and data integrity? I'm sure you guys have your own security measures, but in the whole overall scene from practices you work at and such, how do you think that's being managed? What I see is a tremendous amount of non-compliance or just not understanding what HIPAA and privacy matters really are. Yeah, I would say that is, it's funny you asked that. I'm literally, for my company, completing my HIPAA retraining and, and every person has to do that for data and privacy regulation for a company. And it, it, there's a, a lot of things you have to know and be aware about. I also think there's a lot of share, as you, I told you, between the coaches, communicating back to the clinic, there's a lot of sharing of data. So you have to make sure that's protected, private, and I think there's just so many factors that have to be considered when you want to be in the medical space because that data needs to be protected really well. Yeah, yeah. Now, question's funny because Zoom has right on their website that they're HIPAA compliant, but they absolutely are not. So they're covering one piece of it, the baseline of encryption, but there's nothing else compliant about their platform for healthcare. So what do you see going forward for your organization in the future? What are the next big steps to take or, or things you're looking forward to doing? 
right now we're growing extremely rapidly, trying to build really good partnerships with providers across the country, really focusing on the physical therapy and orthopedic market. And we're just focused, laser focused on that to date. We really see better opportunities down the line to, to focus on some of the, I would say, more value-based care opportunities, which has been my interest. And those value-based care opportunities are really exciting because it's not only these codes that can be reimbursed, it's how can we lower costs and go at risk for managing musculoskeletal care. We're really excited about that, working with payers across the United States. Great, great. As well as a healthcare entrepreneur, what's the biggest lessons you've learned in your role or in your space? I would say the first thing is that healthcare is challenging, it's difficult. There's a lot of nuances. I thought as a physician who's done his MBA, who's been on many EMR systems, I would have a good idea about these things and I don't. And I'm constantly learning and evolving. And it, there, there's so many challenges within healthcare that we all know about, but it's how to break them down into a small bite-sized way that you can actually understand them, conquer them and figure out how to grow that area. And I think for us, what was, it's, it, as you mentioned earlier, what's been really helpful for us is showing a pathway for reimbursement for the services that we provide. Yeah, so those nuances can get you in trouble if you're not careful. Yeah. Yeah, be very careful out there. We use some scare tactics here at Telleray with pictures of doctors and handcuffs and stuff. No one really appreciates that, but it gets people thinking. You gotta, our whole team is extremely worried about compliance and making sure that we're doing everything to the letter of the law. And I think it's really important because when Medicare or other entities come down after you, they don't always come straight to not just the company, but they go to the provider and us building really important relationships with our provider is built on trust. And that's something that we really focused on is trying to to be very compliant, to be very trustworthy and to not let these providers down with when we were offering them new services. But here's the shameless part of this podcast. If you were starting a new practice today or adding up to your practice, is there any platform out there that you would say to must have to move forward, like to be compliant and enhance the patient experience as well as the clinical experience? Aside from Limber for the therapy experience, I would say Telluray. I've been really, as someone who has done a lot of diagnostic musculoskeletal ultrasound, I've been super excited to have Telluray and it's been really helpful for me to share ultrasound images with providers, patients, and to make sure that care is being coordinated between the various disciplines that I work with. Thanks for that, Mark. Your check's in the mail. I appreciate that that shameless plug. (laughs) So if you're going to leave a last thought with our guests about the topics we discussed, is there anything that would just come right to mind if you just had to spit it out there? No, I think talking to you, Tim, and having a conversation with you has been great. I know you've been in the healthcare space for 25 years now. And I think, you know, your experience and and my experience and and clinical experience, there's a lot of really good lessons that, that we both have learned. And I think anyone who wants to start a healthcare company just needs to understand that it takes time and patience. And if you really believe and are passionate in what you're doing, you can get there. Yeah, understanding those barriers to entry are usually not known. And I had to learn them the hard way. But maybe that's a book we can write together one day, Mark. (laughs) I would love that. 
All right. Maybe another day we'll get some brewskis again in Vegas. Um, that'd, be, that'd be fun, man. But thank you so much for joining the show, Mark, and look forward to seeing you at the next conference. Thank you so much. All right. Take care. Thanks for joining us today on Imaging and Teletech Innovations, brought to you by Teleray. We hope you like this episode. If you have any questions or feedback, please don't hesitate to reach out to us at info at Teleray.com. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss any future episodes and stay tuned for more insights into imaging solutions and Teletech with Teleray.